Suddenly I see this is what I wanna be. Suddenly I, suddenly I see why the hell it means so much to me. Let's pick some notes in a key next time. Okay. <laughs> I left my pitch whistle at home. Your pitch whistle? Isn't that what those are called? Aren't we in your home? Shut up. <laughs> Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where tales of your incompetence do not interest me. I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And this week we are covering the 2006 film, The Devil Wears Prada. Just in time for Fashion Month. Yes, we are uh, speaking to you from the past. Today is September 11th. Today is the day that the September issue of Vogue has come out. For the bonus material this week, we're going to give that a crack and uh, look at what's going on in there. Before we get started, I'm checking in. How's the new place? Oh, the new place is great. We just moved into Indianapolis, and it's it it needs cosmetic surgery, but you know the patient is doing well. <laughs> We're stable. The say. patient is stable, taking their meds. I have a house. Yeah. Like what the fuck? I have a house. I know. And I have pets now. But yeah, no. Thank you for asking. No one asks. <laughs> I'm just kidding. A lot of people have been asking. <laughs> what is that from? Um, what were you just it's saying? from The Office. It's when Angela goes, Nobody asks. Thank you. Nobody asks. Nobody asks about sprinkles. <laughs> Before we get started, guys, just a reminder, go follow us at Kick and Stream. At kick in the Stream. In Stream. Kick and Stream? Kick and Stream. Okay. Miranda Priestley is the editor-in-chief of Runway. So you don't read Runway? No. Not to mention a legend. And before today, you'd never heard of me? No. You work a year for her, and you can get a job at any magazine you want. You have no style or sense of fashion. I, I... No, no. That wasn't a question. You got a job at a fashion magazine? <laughs> what, was it a phone interview? Who is that? Are we doing a before and after piece I don't know about? <laughs> In the world of high fashion. There you are, Emily. Actually, it's Andy. My name is Andy. A million girls would kill for this job. Is there some reason that my coffee isn't here? Did she go to Rwanda for the beans or something? Where so much is at stake. I need 10 or 15 skirts. The voice! The voice! Hello? Where are my eggs? Lingerie. She is vicious. Andy Sachs is about to discover. She hates me, Nigel. There's a way that you can help me. Little Chris go on some fishing line and we're in business. It's not just about what you wear. What do you think? <laughs> Andy, you look so chic. You look so thin. Do I? Just one stomach flew away from my gold weight. It's about who you are. Nate. I got it. Let me talk to her. No, 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 the person whose calls you always take, that's the relationship you're in. Let me know when your whole life goes up in smoke. When means it's time for a promotion. People think that success just happens to you. It doesn't. You want this life? The decision's yours. The Devil Wears Prada. Ah, so the devil wears what now? Prada. Prada. You know, when I was, let's see, 2006, I was 10 years old. Yeah. I didn't know what Prada was. I remember asking mom that question. I was like, what's Prada? And she was like, it's a fancy clothing. 
And I was like... <laughs> With disdain in her voice? A little bit, yeah. So The Devil Wears Prada details the story of a girl named Andy Sachs who comes to New York to be a journalist and gets hired uh, at Runway, the esteemed fashion magazine known internationally. And she gets hired to work for Miranda Priestley, the editor-in-chief of Runway. Again, loosely veiled. Lo- loosely veiled. Uh, David Frankel directs the film version. They started filming this movie before the book was complete. You're kidding. I did not know that. It hadn't even been published. Movie studios were already fighting over the rights. Wow. Yeah. Because they knew. Yeah. They knew. They did. Because Anna Wintour, I'm pretty sure, I think she runs the East Coast. I think the president lets her run the East Coast. Oh. Yeah. Is that so? I think that's how it works. And there's a small section of Paris that belongs to her, I believe. <laughs> like, she is arguably one of the most famous women in the world. And she has a say in a lot of what is depicted in our fashion culture. So yeah, Vogue is a very big deal. And Runway in the movie is also a very big deal. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of strange to open up this movie with the morning routine of young journalist Andy Sachs. Yes, played by the stunning and talented Anne Hathaway. This is the first movie she was in that was for adults. Yeah? Princess Diaries. Princess Diaries 2, and Ella Enchanted. 2005. Yes. Mm -hmm. This is her first role as an adult. (laughs) We need to talk about Ella Enchanted at some point. We have to. It's so fried. It's fried. I love this soundtrack. I do. Let me just get that out first thing. Like, I just love this opening montage of all the skinny white women and their routines versus Andy's plain ass routine because she's a bumpkin she's pragmatic she's from ohio like (laughs) she is she's she's new to new york i guess as indiana bumpkins we would know yes absolutely so she she, she's going through doing her things getting her coffee putting on her modest clothing her onion bagel getting her onion bagel from the store on her way to her interview at elias clark publications condé nast condé nast publishes vogue and I love how back in the montage, all these skinny white chicks... I mean, it, the opening montage looks like a Vogue shoot. Yeah, like, or a weird shampoo commercial. Yeah, like, I, I, lo- I love the way this movie was done. It's I like, just do. It, it's like Andy's the before and all of the, quote, hot women are You're the right. after. It's a before and after, basically. This film did a really great job of recreating the Vogue offices as a runway office. They didn't even bother to change the font. Like, it's the exact same, like... If you look at a picture of Anna Wintour's office and then you look at Miranda's office, like it's the same it's the same damn office. Yeah. Like who greets Andrea Sachs at the runway front desk? Emily, the first assistant. Played by the wonderful and talented Emily Blunt, whose career really has bloomed in recent years, has it not? This is the first film I ever remember seeing her in. Me too. Andrea Sachs? Yes? Great. Human resources certainly has an odd sense of humor. (laughs) Follow me. I'm sorry, Emily's a bitch. She is. (laughs) Emily is a bitch. I'm not going to fight you on that. She's very self-important. Yes. And wouldn't you be... You'd have to be not to go insane working in that job, probably. Yeah, like like a cloak of sanity. Yeah. (laughs) She's pre-interviewing her. I know. Yeah. (laughs) Because she can look Andy up from top to bottom and be like, "Mm -hmm, no. Yeah. Okay, so I was Miranda's second assistant, but her first assistant recently got promoted, and so now I'm the first. Oh, and you're replacing yourself. Well, I am trying. Miranda sacked the last two girls after only a few weeks. 
We need to find someone who can survive here. Do you understand? Yeah, of course. She is being very upfront with her. Everybody is on edge 24-7. Andy doesn't even know who Miranda Priestley is. Oh, my God. She's the editor-in-chief of Runway. (laughs) I mean, Andy just wants to be a writer. She just wants to be a journalist. Like, she doesn't even want, like, to be in fashion. But, I mean, hey, when publishing's that vast. That was the beginning of the the downward slope for print publications, too. Yeah. Because everything was transferring over to digital. You see more and more small papers closing every month. Mm-hmm. It's really sad. Because, I mean, it, it costs money to have an online presence. I mean, you'd think it costs way more to physically print, but in the world we live in, that's rapidly changing. I think that Emily is dragging Andrea about her sense of style when she gets a very alarming page. Oh my god. No, no, no! <laughs> Runs off camera. Andrew's like, what? <laughs> What's going on? And Stanley Tucci... Stanley Tucci! <laughs> he, he plays Nigel. What is Nigel's position? Nigel is the creative director of Runway. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. he he's He's the big queen in charge. Like... Okay, and that's the other thing. Nigel is gay. Let's put that to bed right away. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, she's not supposed to be here until nine. Her driver just text messaged, and her facial is ruptured at ease. God, these people. All right, everyone, gird your loins. Did someone eat an onion bagel? Oh my God. Uh, he smells her breath from five feet away. <laughs> That's. I think that's Andy's first inkling that these people are going to notice everything about you and know you everything about you right away. Well, you know why? Because they're artists. They have an eye. I think it's because Miranda is a perfectionist. Because you don't say. Every, exactly. <laughs> Everybody takes off in 12 directions. They're cleaning up workspaces, mm-hmm. organizing everything. Ladies are taking off comfortable, sensible shoes and cramming their toes into pointed toe heels. Yeah, no, they they are... Look at, all right, everyone, let's get uncomfortable for a little while. Like, Nigel's the only one who actually seems to be calm. Yeah, because he doesn't have to impress Miranda. He already has. Nigel is my favorite character. He's one of the only people that Miranda treats like an equal. Yep. Yes. And, and even that has an expiration date. <laughs> exactly. But we'll get to that. The San Pellegrino water that she's pouring her, making sure all of her magazines are laid out nice and neat this whole time. Shots of, you know, Meryl Streep, but they won't show you her face. Shots of Meryl Streep walking into the building. I love it when they do that in movies, when we get like this build up. Yeah. All of these images of like parts of their body, but not their face. Uh-huh. The elevator goes ding. And there she is. In all of her gray, gorgeous glory. I want the number for her stylist for this movie. Like, they did a fantastic job. She's had the same hair and makeup guy every single time. That's right. He won a an Academy Award not too long ago. He won, he won one the year she won for Iron Lady. Mm-hmm. And she talked about him in her speech. Yeah, so. they did They did a special spread in a magazine that was literally every look he'd ever done for her. Uh-huh. It was great. It was like watching her age. It was so crazy. Yeah. 
the list of things she has for Emily to do immediately tells you about who she is as a boss. Tell Simone I'm not going to prove that girl that she sent me for the Brazilian layout. I asked for clean, athletic, smiling. She sent me dirty, tired, and paunchy. And RSVP yes to the Michael Kors party. I want the driver to drop me off at 9.30 and pick me up at 9.45 sharp. Then call Natalie at Gloria's Foods and tell her no for the 40th time. No, I don't want turquoise. I want torts filled with warm rhubarb compote. She is not giving Emily a single second in between demands. Yeah, no, no time to write anything down. My fa- The thing I kept writing in my notes was, did you get all that? <laughs> <laughs> did you get all that? <laughs> this culture of anxiety that's around her is certainly not healthy. But on the other hand, as will be pointed out many times, if Miranda were a man... We wouldn't be talking about how crazy she makes everybody. Absolutely. Yeah, we would just, like Andy says, we would just be talking about how great she is at her job. Yeah. Because this is a thing that demands perfection. Absolutely. Anna Wintour, if you watch her in interviews, she's not as cold. You know, she's very personable when she knows she has to be, mm-hmm. just like Miranda is. And then, you know, oh, yeah. you get Anna alone and she's like, Why are you standing in front of me? (laughs) And Miranda insists on interviewing Andy because Emily's incompetent. Because, like, what, the last two girls couldn't hack it? I think, just like as a person, I think Andy's great. Yeah, she's probably a very good writer, and I'm sure that any other publication would be happy to have her. Like, yeah. She is not right for this job. Yeah, but, like, I get it. She bumpkin. She's from Ohio. Mm -hmm. But she's got goals. And a resume. She wants to be a journalist. She brought her own news articles with her to show Miranda. But you know Miranda's Miranda doesn't give a single fuck about any of that. I don't like how Miranda just disregards you as a human. Well, I mean, Andy kind of disregarded her. She doesn't she doesn't know who Miranda is. Which she should. Yeah. She should have for the interview. Yeah. She re- she admitted in front of God and everyone that she doesn't read runway. Yeah. And then I'm sorry, it those two things considered, it bears pointing out that she's not interested in fashion. Miranda did it in a really rude way. Yeah. So you don't read Runway? No. And before today, you had never heard of me? No. And you have no style or sense of fashion? Well, um, I think that depends on what you're... No, no. That wasn't a question. And, like, Andy starts talking about all the great things she did in college and how, you know, she's won national competitions and stuff like that. And Miranda's just, like, with a hand flick, that's all. I, you know how many times I'm going to say fuck Miranda during this, like... I think by the end I'll have you convinced that Miranda is not the real villain of this story. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I really don't think so. Andy even turns around and says to her on her way out, she's like, look, I get it. I don't fit in here. And, but I'm smart. Yeah. And, and I, I'll work really hard. And then so we've moved we've moved to a more relaxing environment. We're at the bar. Who's at the bar with Andy? No, she just has like a C-list string of actors for friends. The <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Nate, I've never seen that guy before. The guy who plays Nate, I've never seen that actor in like anything else. You've Nate... got except Tracy Toms. Tracy Toms is a deity. I love her. I love Tracy Toms. You know Tracy Toms from well, The Devil Wears Prada and Rent. Yeah, those are the two movies with the name. <laughs> She's Joanne in Rent. And what a great Joanne she was. She was amazing. And she uh, she plays Lily, and Lily is Andy's best friend, and Lily is a photographer for a gallery. And then there's Nate, the boyfriend. We already kind of met him. And he, then... He's a sous chef in the restaurant that they're eating at. Absolutely. And then you have 
Rich Sommer. You might know him from his small stint on The Office when Pam goes to art school. Oh, I keep forgetting about that! Yeah, because he's a New York actor. He's from Mad Men. He plays Harry Crane on Mad Men. He's been on Law & Order multiple times. Multiple times. That character's name is Doug. Uh, uh, lucky for me, I already have my dream job. You're on your corporate research <laughs> Oh, you're right. My job sucks. <laughs> Yeah, when they ask, like, you interviewed at a fashion magazine? And then they're all What wearing... was it, a phone interview? <laughs> Ow! No. Don't be a jerk! Like... <laughs> they toast to jobs that pay the rent. It's that shitty part of your lives, kids. Yeah. You're going to have the really shitty job before you can have a job that you don't like at all, before you can have a job that you can tolerate, and eventually you keep going until you get your dream job. And, you know, Doug lets her know, you know... This is big. Like, I can't believe you got this. Shut up, Doug. You know, yeah. but like, I can't believe you got this. A million girls, girls would, would kill, kill for, for that job. job. The most repeated line in the movie. And Andy's like, great. I'm not one of them. Okay, Andy. You're she, being a little blasé about your goals here. But she thinks she's above all of this. She does. And she is so not. Okay, next morning, it's the ass crack of dawn. And Emily is already calling Andrea for a coffee order. Yeah. Emily is already at the office. Yeah, beautiful and ready to go. Like She probably had to wake up at like 3 o'clock in the morning. The coffee thing is such a nod to Anna Wintour. Anna Wintour, I think, drinks up to eight gallons of Starbucks product a day. Andy shows up in a lumpy blue sweater Mm. and an ugly plaid skirt, Mm. carrying the coffee. I love Emily Blunt because... From what I hear, she's a very nice person. Yes. But she is downright scary in this movie. I love the very short and sweet training process that Andy gets on her first day. Emily makes it very clear to her that um, she's in charge of Miranda's appointments and expenses, but you get coffee and run errands and, you know... There's that self-importance. Yeah. Yeah. And she's letting her know, you know, the phone has to be answered every single time it rings. Calls roll to voicemail and she gets very upset. If I'm not here... Andrea, Andrea, you are chained to that desk. Well, what if I need to... What? No. One time an assistant left the desk because, you know, she sliced her hand open with a letter opener and Miranda missed Lagerfeld just before he boarded a 17-hour flight to Australia. She now works at TV Guide. The story about the letter opener? (laughs) I know. Oh, my God. Like, she's like, and then the phone rings for the first time. And Andy's like, um, hello, Mrs. Priestley's office. What? It's like, <laughs> it's like watching a baby deer struggle to its legs for the first time. Yeah. She, she's like, okay, can you please spell Gabbana? <laughs> Click. Guess not. I couldn't spell it either when I was typing it out in Andy's defense. One thing that Emily introduces to her is the book which is the mock-up of everything in the current issue of Runway that they are trying to produce. Here's the self-importance of Emily again. Emily is making it very clear that I get to take the book to her house. Yeah, like, who cares? Because I'm special. Who cares? Yeah, you have to wait around until 11 p.m. Yeah, and that's like a privilege? Yeah. Like, get out of my face with that. This is when Nigel strolls up with a pair of Jimmy Choo's. Yes. He's like, you're going to need these. She's like, I don't think I need these. Miranda hired me. She knows what I look like. And he's like, do you? Nigel, you bitch. Get out of my face on my first day. Like, hey, he is very well dressed. And he's very much looking out for her. Like, he's... He's trying to. He tried to help. He's standing there, and in the silence you hear... Emily. Emily. 
She means you. And so she runs in there. There you are, Emily. How many times do I have to scream your name? And then, and then Ross, she corrects her. She corrects her. And actually it's Andy. The the look on Meryl's face, just the the shock. When she, when she laughs, my ass leaks. I know that little, (laughs) like, I know it's like, she's like, oh, that was cute. Look at you trying to exist around me. (laughs) She is giving Andy a lot of instructions and is not being specific. I need 10 or 15 skirts from Calvin Klein. Okay, what kind of skirts do you... Please bore someone else with your questions. And remind Jocelyn I need to see a few of those satchels that Mark is doing in the pony. And then tell Simone I'll take Jackie if Maggie isn't available. Did Demarchelier confirm? Did you get all that? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Also, Demarchelier, yeah, he's a photographer, just in case for those of you viewing who don't know who Patrick Demarchelier is. This kicks off a montage of Andy running all kinds of insane errands yes. for Miranda. Oh, and can you do 12 other things while you're out? <laughs> <laughs> also, Emily relishes getting five more minutes for lunchtime than Andy does. Like, I get 20 minutes for lunch and you get 15. When I come back, you can go. Also, let's talk about Serena. Oh, the, uh, oh, what? The tall blonde fashion editor who is Emily's friend. She is an actual model. She is an actual model. Uh, it's Giselle Bündchen. She only wanted to be in this movie if she could play somebody other than a model. Yeah, I love it. And she looks great. She's on Miranda's team. And she's kind of like, she's like the closest thing that Emily has to a friend there, I think. Yeah. They go. And then we see Andy go to lunch. She's going for the corn chowder. She's going for the bread. And who Yum. comes the fuck up next to her? Nigel. Nigel. So none of the girls here eat anything? Not since two became the new four and zero became the new two. Well, I'm a six. Which is the new 14. Just listen. If you want to be on a diet... As long as you're not hurting yourself, it's none of my business. Just keep your diet talk out of my face. I love food. I love it so much. The fact that anyone would starve themselves on purpose fills me with horror, but it's your body, not my business. We were watching the movie and Gavin went, look at all that salad. (laughs) She's the only one with soup and all the other women in line of salad. Like It makes me sad. Salad and water. The world of 13 years ago, it's... Not a different world, but in some ways... You mean because Nigel, like, has a sidekick? Yeah. (laughs) That goes off? Yeah. And he's like, oh, the run-through's been moved up. Yeah, they have to jump out of line. No lunch for them today. Yeah. They get in the elevator. And we meet Irv Ravitz. He is the chairman of Elias Clark. So, yeah, he owns, like, the magazine, right? Yeah. And Nigel quickly introduces Andy to Irv, and he goes, oh, congratulations, young lady. A million, a million girls, girls would, would kill, kill for, for that, that job. job. Drink. Ding. We're in Miranda's office. How much do you love this scene? Like, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much? I would much? say probably a 25. Exactly. Like, yeah, the run-through is for the issue. Yes. They're deciding on what they're going to shoot or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Which pieces they want to feature. There are lots of ideas flying about the room. Miranda is shooting down every single one of them. Like, they have options for her, but Miranda is not pleased with any of it. She's dragging everyone over their incompetence while also managing to be a genius. Yeah, I know. It's power that should really only be used for good. I know! Like... Why is no one ready? Yeah. And she's trying to put an outfit together. And Andy is just standing in the corner taking notes. Yes. The assistant holds up two belts. 
They're both like a teal color. The buckle is very different. And Miranda's monologue, roasting Andy over these two blue belts. The stuff speech. Yes, is that what you like to call it? Yeah. The stuff speech. Because Andy's just standing in the corner, taking notes. She would have been fine if she just kept her dumb fucking mouth shut. But she can't contain this giggle. And now all eyes in the room are on her. And she displays for everyone just how ignorant she is about this whole thing. Something funny? See, even just your impression of it. Yeah, no, like, she's like, and then then just Andy's eyes just... That's no, a no. <laughs> that's a real Goodfellas moment. Like, what do you mean I'm funny? Yeah. How am I funny? <laughs> uh, 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 I, I don't and know. then she has the stupidity to say, "Both of those belts look exactly the same to me." Andy, bitch, you done wrecked yourself. Andy, sit down. You shat the bed, darling. Okay, I see. You think this has nothing to do with you? You go to your closet. And you select, I don't know, that lumpy blue sweater, for instance, because you're trying to tell the world that you take yourself too seriously to care about what you put on your back. But what you don't know is that that sweater is not just blue. It's not turquoise. It's not lapis. It's actually cerulean. And you're also blithely unaware of the fact that in 2002, Oscar de la Renta did a collection of cerulean gowns. And then I think it was Yves Saint Laurent, wasn't it, who... Showed Cerulean military jackets. I think we need a jacket here. Mm. And then Cerulean quickly showed up in the collections of eight different designers. And then it uh, filtered down through the department stores and then trickled on down into some tragic casual corner where you no doubt fished it out of some clearance bin. However, that blue represents millions of dollars and countless jobs. And it's sort of comical how you think that you've made a choice that exempts you from the fashion industry when in fact you're wearing a sweater that was selected for you by the people in this room from a pile of stuff everyone is enjoying this carnage i know like nigel's just like looking through shit on the rack like okay here we go another tear down (laughs) (laughs) because i'm sorry if i were one of them i would be very annoyed but like they've been busting their asses working on this, whether Miranda likes it or not, and this snide little post grad is standing in the corner laughing at you. Yeah, like, I get it. Yeah. yeah, we cut from that mortifying scene to her venting to Nate in the apartment that night. And you should have seen the look she gave me. I swear, I thought the flesh was gonna melt off her face. <laughs> not funny. Oh, she is not happy unless everyone around her is panic nauseous or suicidal. And, he's, and she's like, you know what? I just have to do it for a year. Yeah, I can do this. I can do it for a whole year. And then I can get a job anywhere I want. Mm-hmm. The scene where she's venting kicks off into the montage with the coats and the purses. Yes. Just this absurd montage of Andy doing all of these ridiculous errands for Miranda. This was a rough day for Meryl, apparently. Yeah, no. I, guys, we'll, we'll drop the link. To the boat, to the gag reel. If you haven't seen the gag reel, watch the Devil Wears Prada gag reel. It is to die for. Because I counted, there's no less than 15 different coat and purse combinations. For her when she's dropping them on the desk. And she's got to hit the desk every time. So let's assume she didn't get it right at least once. Yeah. That's at least 30 takes. Yeah. (laughs) Also, 
be nice to Andy, Emily. Trying to be friendly with Emily was her first mistake. Yeah. Andy's talking about how she's going to have a nice evening with and go out with her dad and maybe see a Broadway show and go to dinner. You know, my dad's coming in from Ohio. And she's just like, <laughs> she couldn't care less. You doing anything fun this weekend? Yes. And then just leaves <laughs> because Miranda is out of town this weekend. So they don't have to be at her beck and call. She's in Miami doing Miami things. Because Andy's at dinner with her dad. She's at a nice dinner, trying to relax, be off Miranda duty. She's wearing, like, the same sweater that she was in the stuff scene, except it's, like, lavender now. Yeah. And then Miranda calls. And then a very rude call comes through. Hello, Miranda? My flight has been canceled. It's some absurd weather problem. I need to get home tonight. The twins have a recital tomorrow morning at school. At school. Absurd weather problem. There's a hurricane. And she wants Andy to get her a plane out of a hurricane-ridden city. What? (laughs) Like, Andy's in the street, on the way to the Broadway show, panicking, trying to get a flight for Miranda. And Miranda keeps calling her, like, do you have my plane yet? Where's my plane? Call Donatella. Get her jet. She means Donatella Versace, right? She does, yeah. (laughs) She's just best friends with Donatella Versace. I mean, probably, yeah. And Miranda is so unreasonable. She's just like, oh, come on. It's just drizzling. Boom! Like, And then they go into the show, and then we cut to a lovely dressed Miranda in the office. Girls' recital was absolutely wonderful. They played Rachmaninoff. Everyone loved it. Everyone except me, because sadly, I was not there oh and the way she's like i told myself take a chance hire the fat girl the fat phobia in this movie gets old real fast hire the smart fat girl number one andy's not that fat no she's not fat at all no she is not fat at all and i'm tired of people talking about how she is like she's definitely not you know they asked Anne hathaway to lose weight for this movie wow yeah she was talking about that on the view at the time when she was on there with Meryl. Joy Behar looks over at Meryl and goes, Meryl, did they ask you to lose weight? And Meryl looks her dead in the eye and goes, they wouldn't dare. (laughs) I love Meryl. I have to drop that clip in the related media. Meryl's my favorite human alive. She's the greatest actress of our time. So Andy hastens her teary ass away to the art room where Nigel is trying to work. Yeah, this is her come-to-Jesus meeting with Nigel. Mm -hmm. I love it. She's complaining about how much she hates working there, and Nigel's just like, so quit. (laughs) And then she's like, well, that's not fair. Like, I just want credit for the fact that I'm killing myself trying. Yeah, exactly. And Nigel's just like... He does not have time for her sorrow. He doesn't. What is it that you want me to say to you, huh? Do you want me to say, poor you, Miranda's picking on you, poor you, poor Andy? Hmm? Wake up, Six. She's just doing her job. This is this is the theme of this movie, I think. Just because you don't think something's important doesn't mean it's not important to somebody else. Yeah. And whether you think fashion is stupid or not, it still drives parts of our culture. It drives consumer habits yes. in a capitalist country. Mm-hmm. And Nigel makes a very good point. You know, he talks about how many great artists have been published in this book and talks about how what they do is greater than art because you live your life in it. Like, yeah, this industry can be toxic, but it's hard to ignore Yeah, as an important part of our culture. Mm-hmm. You think this is just a magazine? Hmm? This is not just a magazine. 
This is a shining beacon of hope for, oh, I don't know. Let's say a young boy growing up in Rhode Island with six brothers pretending to go to soccer practice when he was really going to sewing class and reading Runway under the covers at night with a flashlight. Oh, Nigel. Nigel. That was you. Yeah. That was you you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, Nigel. Even after the whole riot act, you know, he still takes her under his wing. Makeover montage. Yeah. And then, you know, Nigel just throws open the closet, the big runway closet. Which looks just like the back offices of Vogue. Yeah. And, like, he's going through, handing her all this shit. The poncho. The orange poncho. (laughs) You'll take what I give you and like it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he's Halston, Lagerfeld, Delarenta, Versace, Chanel, Blahnik, Prada, Marc Jacobs, Testino, Gucci, Valentino, Fenty. Like... Wow. They're all in there, man. Holy fuck! I cannot believe how many designers you just named. And also... Yeah, some great advertising in this movie, right? Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> I wonder how much money they got. You know, Chanel... Now, Chanel, you're in desperate need of Chanel. <laughs> yeah. Darling, shall we? We have to get to the beauty department, and God knows how long that's going to take. Do you think they had Paolo in the makeup department? I... Oh my god! Sick crossover. <laughs> Princess Diaries Devil Wears Prada crossover where Paolo is working in the makeup department. The cucumber does nothing. This is something Something we we make make up. (laughs) (laughs) Andy is starting to impress Miranda, not only with her effort, but with the fact that she's dressing for the job she has, baby. No, I just love that at the end of the montage, like Miranda walks up to her because she's arranging shit in her office the way she likes it. And she just catches em- She just catches Andy and sees how banging she looks. And it's just like, uh, it, it's uh, not a smile. Yeah, it's just a very, hmm, hmm. Yeah, like an eyebrow arch. Like, I see you. Yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to let you know I see you, but I see you. So where does Miranda send her? She has to go to a party on the upper south northwest east side and <laughs> she has to get um she has to get a sketch that um uh, Miranda needs from a very important designer that they're working with, James Holt. James Holt can have me. <laughs> <laughs> but but like she walks in and he's like admiring her bag and he's like telling her all this shit about the bag and he's like, ooh, who made that fantastic thing? And she's like, you. <laughs> and he goes, duh. It's like watching, duh. It's like watching someone give themselves a blowjob. I know, yes! <laughs> yes, absolutely. James Holt buys her a drink at the bar where Christian Thompson. Yeah, Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. He looks just like Owen Wilson to me. He does not. He's like a hotter version of Owen Wilson. (laughs) Christian Thompson. Christian Thompson? You're kidding. No, you're... You write for, like, every magazine I love. I actually... I reviewed your collection of essays for my college newspaper. Did you mention my good looks, my killer charm? He's just not that hot. I don't see what... the big deal is. I wrote Christian Charming. because Yes! I feel like he's a live action version of what Prince Charming from Shrek 2 would look like. Yeah. <laughs> he's just so, he's very slick. He's a writer for the New York Times and Andy is a very big fan of his. And he's going to use that to his advantage. Yeah. Andy is gushing because, you know, she's like, I, you're like one of my favorite writers. Like, holy shit. I can't believe I'm meeting you. And she tells him that she's working for Miranda. I just love how he's like, I got to get a look at your portfolio. And I'm like, is that what the kids are calling it these days? 
Jeez. Where are we going next? We're going to the... We've arrived at the preview. Yes. James Holt is going to show Miranda all of his collections before they're photographed for runway. And there is a system in place to gauge (laughs) how well Miranda likes a certain outfit. Okay? I wrote it down. One nod is good. Two nods is very good. If she doesn't like it, she just shakes her head. And then what's the last one, Ross? The pursing of the lips. What does the pursing of the lips mean? Catastrophe. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, it's like you expect the theme, that theme from Kill Bill to start playing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and there's actually only one real smile on record, and that's Tom Ford in 2001. <laughs> there's a huge piece about Tom Ford in the September issue. Is there Bone. really? Yeah. I like that James presents that big red dress with the hideous giant red bow on the waist. It's the dress he designed for her for the benefit. For Miranda herself. Yeah. It looks... And what comes? The pursed lips. Yeah. And James is like... She's just looking at the model like, just, just go, get just, out of here. Just walk away. Go, get out of the blast radius. And then Andy's like... So because she pursed her lips, he's going to change his entire collection? You still don't get it, do you? Her opinion is the only one that matters. And then Miranda's getting in the car, and she's like, do this, do that. Then Andrea... She calls her Andrea! She calls her Andrea! Like, but I hate the way she says her name. Fine. And Andrea, I would like you to deliver the book to my home tonight. Have Emily give me the key. Mm Mm-hmm. She gets to deliver the book. We're back in the office. (laughs) Emily hands over the key. Got this with your life. (laughs) It's not the holy grail. It's the key to her townhouse. And Andy's telling Andrea, you know, she called me Andy. Isn't that great? (laughs) And Emily's like, yeah, fucking whoop whoop. (laughs) And then Emily gives her some very serious instructions for how the delivery of the book is to go down. You open the door. And you walk across the foyer. You hang the dry cleaning in the closet across from the staircase. And you leave the book on the table with the flowers. She bends over and looks at her and goes, Andrea, you do not talk to anyone. You You do do not not look look at anyone. You just cease to exist completely. Like, if you could levitate, that would be great, so you don't leave shoe prints on the floor. Yes. Like, it's insane. When Andy actually goes to do it, she's finding that her instructions are not very specific. They're not very specific, because there's a lot of tables with flowers. And there's a lot of... There's two different closet doors across from the stairs. I'm sorry. I thought it was pretty transparent that it's the first closet. Yeah, and then the table right there with all the flowers. Yeah, I didn't think that was too much of a... <laughs> like, it's right inside the door. She obviously doesn't want you to have a lot of contact. Like I didn't think it was really a head-scratcher. But it was for Andy. She manages to fuck it up anyway, because who appears? The fucking twins. I hate those twins. <laughs> those two little red-headed devils. They're such brats. Or you could bring the book upstairs. Emily does it all the time. Right, she does all the time. She brings that book upstairs, and there at the top of the stairs is Dysfunction Junction. Miranda, we get to see Miranda's husband, who looks like a West Wing extra. He really, <laughs> he sure does, doesn't he? Just one of those nondescript um, New York actors. Yeah, we're getting like a peephole into Miranda's personal life. He married her, damn it, not the other way around. Yeah. He's like Mr. Priestley. Yeah. And 
apparently in the press, he's always cast as this lovelorn husband Mm -hmm. who's always waiting around on the career woman to give him some attention. Yeah. Whatever. And, you know, Miranda's trying to smooth it over and and Andy's just standing there on the staircase watching it go down. She turns and looks at Andy. Daggered eyes. She's trying to eliminate her with her gaze is what she's (laughs) trying to do. Like She's terrifying. She is terrifying. And Andy just kind of puts the book down on the steps and just slowly backs away. She comes into the office the next morning. Emily literally... <laughs> right off camera comes Emily and ru- whisks her away. And she's like... Intercept... Yeah, oh, she- you don't even know. Like <laughs> She, like, intercepts her. <laughs> and Andy immediately knows she's fucked. <laughs> and she's... She's like, listen, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And you know, the twins said to come upstairs and give them the book. So I went upstairs and gave them the book. And then Emily, you went upstairs. You went upstairs. Oh my God. Why didn't you just climb into bed with her and ask for a bedtime story? (laughs) But Miranda has a nice little revenge chore for Andy. I need the new Harry Potter book for the twins. And Andy's like, okay, I'll go get it right now. Okay, I'll go down to Barnes & Noble right now. Did you fall down and smack your little head on the pavement? Not that I can recall. We have all the published Harry Potter books. Twins want to know what happens next. You want the unpublished manuscript? Well, we know everyone in publishing. It shouldn't be a problem, should it? She wants Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Unpublished. Unpublished. Do you think there was a manuscript that was more guarded in this digital age? Yeah, no, yeah, that was, yeah. Like... If you guys... There's a great documentary, guys. It's called J.K. Rowling, A Year in the Life. It really details how secret... That draft was kept. And it really informs you on just how impossible this task is for Andy. And she has to have it by three o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. And so she th- wants her steak here in 15 minutes. Like, Did a- you get all that? <laughs> <laughs> so Andy's like calling everyone she could possibly think of. And eventually she gets Christian Thompson, New York Times columnist on the phone and she's like, hey, you probably don't remember me. Um, I'm in deep shit over here. Yeah. Can you help me get the unpublished Deathly Hallows manuscript? And he's like, uh, that can't be done. <laughs> you'll have to be you'll have to come up with a plan B. She's like, there, there is, is no, no plan, plan B. B, there is only plan A. <laughs> <laughs> and she comes back to the office with the steak. Miranda doesn't even want it. She's like, if you don't have that Harry Potter book by three, don't, don't even, even bother, bother coming, coming back. back. And then who calls? Wow. (laughs) Christian Thompson. It's Christian Thompson Owen Wilson. And he's... What has he got, Carrie? He's got the unpublished manuscript. What the fuck? What a violation. He says he knows the illustrator. Mary Grandpre? I highly doubt it. (laughs) Of course you know that illustrator's (laughs) name. Mary Grandpre. Well, that's the American illustrator's name. I don't know about the British illustrator. I love how this whole montage of her trying to get the manuscript has a very, like, spy movie feel. Yes. Like it's Ocean's Goddamn Eleven or something. Yes, yes. And Harry Potter is the booty. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. The loot. (laughs) The safe he's in the like, casino? He's like, meet me at the St. Regis. <laughs> <laughs> and she does. She goes and meets him at the St. Regis. She goes into Miranda's She's office. got her Starbucks and a manuscript. She's swaggering. She thumps that manuscript on the desk like, what now? Yeah. <laughs> Next. <laughs> and then Miranda tries to get shitty. One copy. What are my twins going to do with that? Share. No, no, I made two copies and had them covered, reset, and bound so that they wouldn't look like manuscripts. Well, where are these fabulous copies? I don't see them anywhere. There was the twins. No, on the train on the way to Grandma's. 
and great cameo here, the nanny that you can see on the train in the shot with the twins is Lauren Weisberger, the author of The Devil Wears Prada. Oh, that's a cute little cameo. Yeah. <laughs> we cut to Miranda with the runway creative team in the conference room. Emily comes in and she is obviously too sick to be at work. Yes. she's She's got a red runny nose and she's sniffling and coughing. <laughs> Miranda has a big benefit that night, and she's supposed to be taking Emily with her as, like, her information proxy. Yes, she's the information officer. It's, like, she... She literally just she stands doesn't want to there. Remember, yeah, she doesn't want to remember who all these people are, so she makes Emily study all the faces of the attendees of the party so she can tell them who they are. And because Emily's too sick, she's going to make Andy come, too. She's going to miss Nate's birthday party. Which, this is where I start to cut Nate some slack. Yeah. Because... For 90% of this movie, I'm just like, go away. It is his birthday. Yeah. And so Andy's like, okay, um, I could probably go a little later. They'll just have to start without me. And so she goes to the benefit. I love when they're walking up to the benefit and Andy looks stellar. And she meets Emily outside of the benefit. And Emily's like, oh my God. Andy, you look so chic. Oh, thanks, Ev. <laughs> you look so thin. Do I? Oh, it's for Paris. Well, I'm on this new diet. It's very effective. Well, I don't eat anything. And when I feel like I'm about to faint, I eat a cube of cheese. Remember, this whole time, Emily is so excited to go to Paris in the fall with Miranda because she gets to do all the shows and all the parties and meet all the designers and wear all the great dresses. It's like the one saving grace she has in this terrible job. It's the thing she's looking forward to most in life. Yeah. Like, she's never been, you know? And (laughs) so she's trying to fit into... (laughs) She's trying to get down to her ideal weight. Yes. Anne Hathaway, that's Anne Hathaway's favorite line when Emily Blunt goes, I am just one stomach flew away from my goal weight. And, you know, there's this, you know, hot little moment where Emily can't remember who somebody is. Oh, I know this. It's something to do with... Wait, he was he was part of the... Oh, God, I, I know this. It's... Um... It's Ambassador Franklin, and that's the woman that he left his wife for, Rebecca. I love the look on her face when she stands back. She's like, mm, like, I can't believe I just did that. <laughs> so Andy goes rushing out of the benefit to go join Nate's birthday party. And who's on the fucking steps? It's Christian Thompson. It's Christian Thompson, Owen Wilson. <laughs> and and he's like, hey, where are you going? And she's like, I have to go. Can't talk. Bye. And he's like, well, listen, the answer to all of your hopes and dreams is inside. Can I introduce you to him? Yeah. He's like, my editor for New York Magazine is inside. Like, I read your stuff and you have talent. And she was, she thought about it for a second. She sure did. And then she said, no, mm-hmm. she's got to go to Nate's birthday party. Yeah. And she comes through the door. She's missed the party. She forgoes that opportunity to go be with Nate. And she comes in the door with a little cupcake. With a sad little cupcake with one candle <laughs> stuck in it. Like, hey, I'm an asshole. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah. And... Like, that's your birthday. Yeah. You want the person you love more than anything else to be with you on your birthday. Exactly. One thing we forgot to mention at the benefit. What? The introduction of Jacqueline Follet. Oh, that's right. She's the head of French. She's the French Miranda. Yeah, basically. She runs French Runway. And, you know, Emily, of course, dish, you know. that. Oh, my God. That's Jacqueline Follet. Miranda hates her. She was supposed to come in after Miranda left. So we realized that. There's a power struggle. Jacqueline is the potential successor to Miranda if she ever decides to leave Runway. And so I think, you know, Miranda just kind of looks at Foley as a way. You are a threat 
and you shall be neutralized. Yeah! Yeah. (laughs) We cut to Andy dropping off the book again, but, like, when she comes in the door, there's, like, this voice from the other room. Andrea? It's like a horror movie. You're like, no, Andy, don't go in there. The look on her face. Miranda explains to Andy that the plans for Paris no longer include Emily. Emily, who has been so excited to go to Paris and meet the designers and try on the clothes. And busting her self-important ass. Yes. Like starving herself so she can fit into these clothes. I can't do that, Miranda. I, I can't. If you don't go, I'll assume you're not serious about your future. At Runway or any other publication. She threatens to blackball her. Yeah. From... Any publication in New York. Like, like in that moment, it's easy to feel like you don't have a choice. I think she did have a choice. Which begins, she did, but begins the repeated line, I didn't have a choice. Like, you know. The next day at work, Miranda makes her call Emily, who is the one out running errands now. No, the moment where Miranda comes into the office, looks at Andy and sees what she's wearing and smiles and then throws her bag and coat on Emily's desk. Yeah, she's usurped Emily. She's going to make her tell her? Do it now. Like, uh, uh, not only is that so inappropriate, like, in a work environment, but it's just downright cruel. Yeah. And she gets on the phone with Emily, who is, like, trying to do a million different things and being on the phone. And what happens, Ross? Emily, but, but, but when you come in, there's something we I have to talk to you about. Well, I hope it's not another Miranda problem. Not exactly. Well, good, because I've got so much to deal with before I go. I swear to God. She gets hit by a car. Yeah, by a taxi. She gets hit by a taxi and all the er- all the Hermes scarves go flying <laughs> everywhere. Um, Hermes. Hermes, pardon me. That's a Princess Diaries it's a, reference. It's a sick Princess Diaries reference. Cut to the hospital room and Emily is in a frenzy. I don't care if she was going to fire you or beat you with a red hot poker. You should have said no. Emily, I didn't have a choice. Oh, you know how she is. Please, that is a pathetic excuse. I get it. She has every right to be upset. She's been enduring this torment longer than Andy, and that was supposed to be the one good thing. Yeah. And Andy's taken it away from her. Andy has to make a quick stop after being berated at the hospital to uh, Lily's uh, showing at the gallery. She's talking to Doug at the gallery and talking about all this fun shit she's going to do in Paris. And I'm like, it's a little soon, Andy, don't you think? Like... Come on. I'm telling you, she's enjoying this. Yeah. She doesn't want to believe she's enjoying this because she doesn't want to be like these women, quote unquote. Exactly. And she, it's happening. Guess who fucking shows up? (laughs) Christian Thompson. Christian Thompson, Owen Wilson. (laughs) There he is again. Are you going to say it that way every time? Yes. And so this is where he becomes invasive. (laughs) He's literally circling her like a lion to prey. Like, yeah, he's trying to make plans to hit on her in Paris. Yeah. Yeah. Which ends in her in him, you know, softly smooching her on the cheek. And Andy doesn't hate it. Mm -mm. Lily sees all of this canoodling going down and she's like, she becomes upset. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The Andy I know is madly in love with Nate. He's always five minutes early and thinks oh, Club Monaco is couture. For the last 16 years, I've known everything about that Andy. But this person, 
This glamazon who skulks around in corners with some random hot fashion guy? I don't get her. I mean, you gotta be that friend when your friend is acting like an asshole. I love that Lily is the one to take the inventory, though. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> And then Nate shows up also yeah. to deal a double smack like, You're going to Paris? <laughs> yeah. He's and, like, she, and she goes, oh great, now you're going to give me a hard time too. <laughs> and then runs out. And they have this fight in the street. She's like, maybe this trip's coming at a good time. Maybe we should take a break. Taking a break is bullshit. It's breaking up. And then I love the moment when he's like, we can stop pretending that we have anything in common anymore now. Aww. And she's like, you don't mean that. And he's like, no, I do. And then the phone rings. I'm sorry. Just one second. You know, in case you were wondering, the person whose calls you always take, that's the relationship you're in. I hope you two are very happy together. It's really easy to be broken up with your boyfriend when you're going to Paris. Yeah, just like, I love the Paris montage. Because, first of all, you two. Gotta love you two. <laughs> in the city of blinding lights. Like... And it, just the fashion, like the legit Parisian fashion shows that she's at. And she is a, a doe-eyed little deer, yeah. like watching all of these <laughs> ladies up on the runway. You know, it's funny, though. Every shot with Meryl in it in Paris is not shot in Paris. Really? She did no shooting in Paris because it was going to be too expensive. Wow. It was to bring Meryl Streep across the pond and film in Paris was going to put them way over budget. Not even in the end they're not there when they're outside. Anne Hathaway might be there, but Meryl Streep isn't there. Wow. Movie magic, right? That's weird. We see Miranda and She's... Andy going all to these lavish runway shows and all of this good stuff. She's... Who is the actual designer that is in that scene when they're all back? I think it's Valentino. They're all backstage. It's Valentino. Yeah, it is Valentino. He was the only actual designer that made a cameo. Also, Heidi Klum is in here somewhere. She is? Yeah. I forget where, but she also makes a cameo. Miranda is introducing Andy around as the new Emily. Like, that's how she introduces her to Valentino. Like, Valentino's so sweet. He shakes Andy's hand and he's like, how are you? Good to meet you. You like the show? <laughs> <laughs> he's such a cute little old man. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Andy's just standing behind him waiting to move on. And guess who fucking shows up? Let me guess. Is it Christian Thompson, Owen Wilson? It's Christian Thompson, Owen Wilson. <laughs> and he's like, hi. And she's like, ah. <laughs> 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 He's here to intercept that rebound. <laughs> Miranda girl. <laughs> Call her by her name. Seriously. And yeah, and he's like, and he's like coordinating a date with her. And she's like, I'm busy. Please don't get in my purview. And he's like, what time am I picking you up? I hate it when men are like that. Yeah. Like I said, no. What time am I picking you up? No. Do you not understand what no means? Yeah. Like, And then... Andy is bringing something back to Miranda's hotel room and doesn't expect her to be there. But Miranda is in the hotel room and she is de-dragged, for have, lack of a better term. I love this scene because we're catching Miranda's actual human moments. She's not dressed. She's in a robe. And then, you know, M Miranda immediately tries to act business. And so she's like, we need to go over the itinerary. Sit the fuck down. And they're talking about... <laughs> They're talking about moving Snoop Dogg to her table. But your table's full. Stephen isn't coming. Oh, Stephen is... So I don't need to... 
Met Stephen from the airport tomorrow? Well, if you speak to him and he decides to rethink the divorce, then yes, fetch away. And then Andy's like, oh. Oh, I've stumbled into the middle of yeah. something. And I, oop. <laughs> I am suspecting infidelity. Oh, you think he cheated on her? Well, the way she says, you are very fetching, so... Oh, you think she's go fetch. You think she's feeling some shade about yeah. a younger woman? Maybe. I'm reading into that maybe, but like I don't know. Miranda's just trying to keep her at arm's length the whole time, and, and she just she just she just breaks loose. She just starts talking, mm-hmm. word vomit for Miranda Priestley, and she's like, you know, just imagine what they're gonna fucking write about me tomorrow. That's the thing about Miranda, and why I don't think she's an actual villain because every she's very self aware. Everything she does is on purpose and with integrity. Mm -hmm. She's, yeah, she pits her lieutenants against one another and... I'm sorry, she's still garbage, Swill. No, like, like, I'm not saying she's a good person. I'm saying that she's not a villain. Being good at your job, no one ever said you had to be nice. I get it. It demands excellence. And again, if she were a man, we wouldn't be talking about how mean she is. At the same time... Conducting yourself in that way comes at a cost. And she's paying the price. She's paid it before. This is like her third husband. So I think we get into Andy's room at this Parisian hotel. And comes who comes to visit? Nigel. Nigel. He's Ni- got a bottle of champagne in his hand. Nigel's excited. Yeah. Nigel has news. <laughs> We're celebrating the fact that Nigel has just been offered a position with the expansion of James Holtz's designer label. Mm-hmm. He's going to be James's partner. It's literally the the he's getting his own company, and it's they're taking it international. And James Holt International. <laughs> I just love how he's he's giddy. <laughs> I'm so excited though. <laughs> For the first time in 18 years, I'm going to be able to call the shots in my own life. Oh my god! I'm going to be able to come to Paris and actually see Paris. I'm so happy for him. Right. And Andy's happy for him, too. And, like, for, but at first she's like, um, you're leaving? And he's like, no, Miranda put me up to it. Can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine if I just left? <laughs> My career would be over. Like, and. It's just so cute because he's been her Virgil on this. In this odyssey, he sure has yeah. been. Absolutely. This odyssey through hell, he has been her guide yes. and the one person who is actually looking out for her. Mm-hmm. And so it's so great that you're seeing this nice thing happen for him. And then... She uh, should not have gone out with that fucker. Oh, you mean Christian Thompson. Owen Wilson. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> he comes back. They've got to... He a... fuckered up her fucking good time. Zedubanijadu. Like, yeah, uh, we're in this French restaurant oh with Dream a Little Dream of Me. Playing in French. Oh, my God. And they're talking, and they're getting nice and liquored up. You know, Gertrude Stein once said, America is my country, and Paris is my hometown. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> what do you do? Do you just write stuff like that down and then file it away to use it as girls? She sees through his act and plays into it anyway. And yeah, but then, you know, she's, they start they start smooching. Cut to Andy hung over in his bed the next morning. This happens to me too many times. Where you wake up and you look at your I watch. I rustle my phone out of the depths of my bed sheets. I see the time and I, <gasps> and I leap. That, I positively <laughs> leap from bed. That gasp she makes is so real. I know. <gasps> <laughs> 
and she's getting ready. And what does she find on the table? She finds on the table this very different looking mock-up of a runway cover. And it's not at all. She can tell this is not at all something that Miranda would have signed off on. And she's just like, what the hell is this? What does it look like? It's a mock-up. Of? Of what American runway will look like when Jacqueline Follet is the new editor-in-chief. They're replacing Miranda? Yeah. And she's bringing me in to run all the editorial content. Andy's been had through sexpionage. Sexpionage! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, remember the French woman from The Benefit who's a lot younger than Miranda? Yeah. is obviously her competition? She's going to take over runway. She... Because Miranda is too expensive. Yeah. Also, I'm sorry. I don't think this was a very good conflict dump. I think this could have been handled better. Like, he's he's so wanting to get her into bed. And then what? Next morning, he just decides to wake her up and ruin her life. <laughs> just blow up her world. And he's like, yeah, you were really fucking great. Guess what? Your life's about to end. Well, I mean, wouldn't the presumption be that she stays on as Jacqueline's assistant? Or would Jacqueline bring in her own people? I don't know what a hideous fucker like Kristen Thompson Owen Wilson had in mind for her. <laughs> I don't think like that. I don't let my mind go there. But he's so callous about it and... Andy is just immediately turned off. This is a payday for him because he's being brought on to be like print director. He's going to be in charge of the content, all the editorial content. And he's like, "Hmm, you're really surprised. Yeah. Like I'm a, I've been a greasy asshole this whole time. How are you surprised? Yeah, And he's like, Jacqueline does the same thing for a lot less money. Yeah. Remember the bit in the elevator where they're like, oh, she killed jackets. How much is that costing me? Yeah. $300,000. Exactly. Which, you know, Irv, is jumping at Herb Rabbits. You know that he is completely on board with this. And so, you know, Andy's not having it. I love the moment where she's like, Andy, it's done. Baby, it's done. I'm not your baby. I'm like, you're goddamn right. Absolutely. <laughs> she, in her mind, she's like, I can't let her find out this way. I have to tell her. Runs to Miranda's hotel. Beats down the door, and she is... Irv's in there! She is interrupting a meeting between Miranda and Irv Ravitz. Hmm. Hmm. Weird. Interesting. Fishy. Put a pin in that. And so she waits outside for Miranda to come out, and Miranda finds her in the hall, and she tells her the whole sordid story, the whole plot. They're going to replace you with Jacqueline Follet. And, you know, the whole time, Miranda is so unbothered by this news. Yeah. And then she just goes... She starts talking about flowers. She's like... You. Irv is making Jacqueline Follet the editor in chief of Runway. Christian Thompson told me he's going to work for her, and Irv is going to tell you today. So I thought that maybe if I told you that you could fix it. Do I smell freesias? What? No. What? <laughs> no. That is a non response to what is happening. I, I specifically told them that if I see freesias anywhere, I will lose what is left of my mind. <laughs> Miranda, you're not seeing the forest through the freesias here. Yeah. I hate you. You're fired. Oh, my God. And so they go into this they go into this party for James Holt, where everyone's standing up and giving speeches. And Andy's just nervous. She she doesn't know what's going to happen. Miranda goes up there and she's like she starts talking about James Holt and what an amazing enterprise it's going to be to take him national. And then she goes, you know, you know, I have some news to share with you. And so it should come as no surprise 
that when the time came for James to choose the new president of James Holt International, he chose from within the Runway family. And it's my great happiness today to announce to you all that that person is my friend and long-time esteemed colleague, Jacqueline Follet. Everybody has... The guitar. Like... Oh, just my God. Nigel's... Nigel's face breaks my heart. Like... I know. He... Because... And he just has to smile and clap. Yeah. And Jacqueline gets up. And, you know, Christian Thompson Owen Wilson is looking very downtrodden. Like, oh... Oh, what? shit. I kind of put my eggs in that basket. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> like... This was gonna be cool! <laughs> the shot... Of Miranda looking, laughing, and clapping. I'm just like, makes me, it brings vomit into my mouth. Like, yeah, Andy feels the same way. You know, Nigel says, When the time is right, she'll pay me back. You sure about that? No. But I hope for the best. I have to. What an existence! Like, Don't you feel horrible for those people? I do! And so, you know... Like, I don't feel bad for Andy. She could actually quit if she wants to. But this is Nigel's Nigel's dream. This is his career. Yeah. And, oh my god, I just... Sorry. I'm, I'm getting choked up over here. No, yeah. Because she fucks him over. And in the car, right after, she is so nonchalant about it. She starts monologuing. Yeah. Miranda starts letting Andy know... That she was the orchestrator behind the entire Foley scandal. Listen, I knew they were going to replace me. I knew that Jacqueline is coming up my alley for quite some time. Any of the other choices would have found that job impossible and the magazine would have suffered. Especially because of the list. The list of designers, photographers, editors, writers, models, all of whom were found by me, nurtured by me, and have promised me they will follow me whenever and if ever I choose to leave runway. She literally just threw her dick around. She was going to take half the company with her. And can't have that. Yeah. She is runway. Yeah, she knows that I am the only person that can do this job. Honestly, that's not unlike... Meryl Streep, like in real life, they were going to give her what she considered insulting compensation for the value she could actually bring to the project and would not say yes until they paid her more. For this project? Yes. Fucking right. That's why they couldn't take her to Paris. This is is an iconic (laughs) film character, Miranda Priestly. Like They hadn't even considered anyone else. I mean, it could only be Meryl. Am I right? Yeah, like, it could only be Meryl. You're going to pick someone to embody Anna Wintour. You're going to pick the greatest living actress there is, and which, that's Meryl. Which is funny, because she based a lot of her performance off of Clint Eastwood. That's fucking hilarious, and I can see it now that you mention it. Shit! <laughs> She's like, he never raises his voice on set, and that makes people lean in. Yeah. To, to hear him speak, and that gives him all the power. Yeah. But yeah, she, Miranda Priestly got up there and did her Meryl Streep thing. She threw her dick around and was like, hey, look at all these designers and photographers and investors who will follow me wherever I go. Fuck you, Irv. <laughs> like, and just handed him Jacqueline. I never 
thought I would say this, Andre. But I really... I see a great deal of myself in you. I couldn't do what you did to Nigel Miranda. I couldn't do something like that. Mm. You already did. To Emily. How, how does Andy not have enough self-awareness to know that she's already done this? Yeah. It, it, and it must be because... She's convinced herself that she didn't have a choice. Yeah. When Miranda threatened to blackball her. And Andy just like, you know, eat shit and backtracks. No, no, you didn't give me a choice. I didn't have a choice. And Miranda goes, you chose to get ahead. You want this life? Those choices are necessary. This is what I'm talking about. Miranda is up front and she owns her choices. She's choosing to be a dick in order to, to get, get perfection. Mm-hmm. And that's what this magazine needs. And it's what makes her important. But she has to own her choices. And she's telling Andy that she also needs to own her choices. And I just think that this moment, I just, I really identify with this moment in the film where Andy just says to her, But what if this isn't what I want? I mean, what if I don't? want to live the way you live. Oh, don't be ridiculous, Andrea. Everybody wants this. Everybody wants to be us. Miranda gets out of the car, all the photographers, the paparazzi, starts going up the stairs. All the, all the flashing lenses. Yeah. And Andy gets out of the car and just kind of stands there. She's watching her go up the stairs and she just turns around and leaves. She does exactly what Miranda told her to and owned her choice. Yeah. And like, it's just, that's such a release. And I love that part of the film because I identify personally very strongly with that aspect, not only in life, just like when you really see someone who you've been close to and in close proximity to and have done lots of things for and have supported, when you really see who they truly are. Just that release, just getting to walk away, feeling absolved of all of that obligation, all of that, you know, connection, you know. We get a time jump and we're with Andy at a new job interview. And this one goes way better. (laughs) She walks into this super busy newspaper and she's just like, hi, this is more my speed. Yeah. (laughs) And the guy interviewing her, the editor in chief of the New York Mirror. Yeah. Fictional guys. Um, (laughs) Is the narrator from the Babe movies. Oh, my God. Babe. Babe in the big city. (laughs) That'll do, pig. That'll do. He was also on Law and Order a couple times. As a judge? Yeah. (laughs) I uh, called over there for reference. Left word with some snooty girl. Next thing you know, I got a fax from Miranda Priestley herself. Saying that of all the assistants she's ever had, you were by far her biggest disappointment. And if I don't hire you, I am an idiot. And you're just like, oh, 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 (laughs) You're like, Miranda, you showed up. Yeah. You showed up for Andy. Again, she's owning her behavior. She sees that Andy has value. And she sees that she didn't want it. She really didn't want it. And that's why she walked away. And she, she respected it. It's the first time in the entire film Miranda respects Andy. I, th- I think she's playing into the whole theme of the movie where it's like she wants to be a journalist. I don't think that's important. She didn't want to do what I wanted to do. 
But just because I don't think it's important doesn't mean it's not important. Yeah. Yeah. And also just before that, cute little exchange, Andy calls Emily. Miranda Priestley's office. Hey, Emily, it's Andy. Don't hang up. I have a favor to ask you. You have a favor to ask of me. Yeah. The thing is, I have all these clothes from Paris, and I don't have any place to wear them, so I was wondering if you could take them off my hands. She's like, pausing, don't get excited, don't, don't get, get emotional. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's a huge imposition, and I'll have to get them taken in. I mean, they'll drown me. But I suppose I could help you out. I will have Roy pick them up this afternoon. Thanks, Emma. I appreciate it. Good luck. And she hangs up the phone and looks at the new Andy. The new Emily. (laughs) She looks at the new Andy and she's like, you have some very large shoes to fill. (laughs) It's a great little moment. I just love how we cut out, we we, we pull out of that close up and she's on crutches. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, Miranda is coming out of the shop across the street and they make eye contact. Yeah. And it's like, oh, shit. And Andy's just kind of like, hey, hey <laughs> thanks. <laughs> and Miranda pretends not to see her. Andy begins to walk away, walk away from Elias Clark. And Miranda's sitting in the car. And she's just looking at her, walking away, being a cute little self, being a cute little independent self. And Miranda cracks a smile. Yeah, like I feel like a really genuine smile. Like one of the only genuine smiles we see throughout the whole movie. Yeah. And then... <laughs> Just looks at the driver. Go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. That's it. Yeah, that's it. We've left out the part about Nate and them meeting back up, but who cares, right? They got back together. You don't care. I don't care. Let's move on. Yeah. Devil Wears Prada, folks. Tell me what this movie means to you. Well, I was like, yeah, I was like 10 when this movie came out. And I think what this film did for me is not only did it showcase a whole part or a whole, you know, sect of our culture, a whole part of our society that lives in this way. And like you were saying, like we were saying in the opening, like, you know, to an extent, it does matter. And I think what it means to me is just I like to be I liked getting to be immersed in this, you know, whole new environment that I had no I that I didn't understand. You feel like you learned something. Yeah, I felt like I learned a lot of things. This came at a time in my life I was let's see, 2006. How old was I? 13? You're four you were going well, you were 13, 14 in 2006. Yeah, and I was of the opinion at the time that those girls, like most girls, were stupid and vapid and they were interested in fashion and what's cool. Vapid. And I didn't, yeah, and I did, that's what I thought, and I didn't want to have anything to do with it, so I rejected all things that were, quote, hyper-feminine. I didn't, I wanted to paint my room black, it never happened, but I wanted to paint my room black, and I never read fashion magazines. And then seeing this movie kind of gave me a wake-up call. Like, just be, I've said it a thousand times already, but just because I don't think something is important doesn't mean it doesn't have value. Yeah. And there are lots of ways to be a woman in this world, and you get to choose which one you like. 
If you like being in the world that is saturated with fashion culture and what's trendy and what's popular, as long as you're not hurting yourself or others, that's your business. It's just not what I wanted, but this movie made me realize that there's more than one way to be a woman. Yeah. Plus, I got to learn the names of lots of designers. <laughs> By all means, move at a glacial pace. You know how that thrills me. <laughs> All right, I think it's my turn to pick. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't think I know. Am I supposed to know? Have no, you told me? I haven't told you Ooh, yet. Ooh, a freeze. Sure. <laughs> maybe, maybe I told you already. I don't remember. But Hit me, Papa. What are we doing next week? Well, when October comes around, we're going to start getting into the scary movies. So I'm oh, dear. Oh, dear, dear. <laughs> I wanted to get another non-horror title out of the way before we slip into the spooky season. Okay. So I decided that I'm finally emotionally ready to do a Robin Williams film. I think I know. Go ahead. Say it, sister. Say it. Mrs. Doubtfire. Yay. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Guys, a classic. This one is a classic. Hands down. I bust my gut no matter how many times I watch it. (laughs) It's too funny. It's too good. He is a genius. Guys, thank you so much for listening as always. Don't forget, guys, go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. Uh, other social media platforms to follow. Don't forget to go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. We want to hear from you guys what you love, what you hate, so we can do more of the former and less of the latter. Tear us to shreds. Tear us to shreds. We really need to know. More quality content coming to you from Kicking and Streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And as always, sorry, sorry Mom. Mom. Got the news, got the news, got the news.